You missed a little bit yesterday. Yeah, a little bit. Um, did watch the the championship games on Sunday, mm-hmm. which were great. And well, not great, but uh, but one second, of them was one, great. One, one, well, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, there were moments. In, in, the way the game ended sucked because it just felt like I wanted to see. Like I, I it was a late hit. Mm-hmm. I thought. Um, but it stinks that that's how the game ends. Well, but isn't it funny? Because I've heard a few people say this. Well, I just wanted overtime, which, yes, it would have been awesome if we if that game had gone into overtime. And everyone would have hit all their props. Yes, that <laughs> also would have been nice, specifically for me, because I might have been, been swimming in some thousand-air water today. But if it was the right hit, it's the right hit. Would you rather, would you rather them call that wrong? After all the bitching about the extra third down, would you rather that call? The extra third down was... I mean, I was watching it at a restaurant, and I couldn't have the sound was not on, so I didn't know what happened. I'm like, "Oh, they're getting off the field; they're going to punt." Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh, they got another third down." We have seen that procedural stuff happen. Though. I know. It, it Didn't happened. it happen to the Browns in the the fourth quarter or the fourth quarter? The 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 one of the last four or five games where they were lined up. I think it actually bailed Kevin Stefanski out. I don't know. That's like three weeks ago it now, happens. and that's really hard for me to remember. It's more than three weeks ago. Uh, on the uh, times a flat circle. Um, on the plus side, that is the highest. The AFC title game was the highest rated uh, conference title game in four years. It was up 11% from last year. They had 53 million viewers watching that game. Pretty impressive, uh, considering everyone was ripping uh, Tony Romo. Has he lost his fastball? Yeah, he has. Has he? Greg Olson is so much better. And That I- was the hot take of the weekend, right? From Or not hot take, but like the... Only take. Yeah, yeah, and not just that. Like I, I think I think Joe Davis, I think Jim. Mm, he's got family here. I don't want to say it. I think Jim Nance maybe has lost his fastball too. He's just better at other things. I think. Okay, that's fair. Like I, like, like I think he's great in golf. I think he's really good at the Final Four, which is the, I think this is his last one this uh, this year coming mm-hmm. up. But no, Nance is a is a Hall of Famer. He's a legend. Yeah, like when uh, like when Gus Johnson went to the NFL. And it wasn't on college anymore. And everybody's like, oh, has he lost his fastball? Or maybe he's just, the, the energy's better in, in Remember when in they, they they tried Gus Johnson out on soccer for like a few games? And people couldn't handle it? Well, it was, he didn't know the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, not great. So we had all that going on. And actually something I want to bring up with you, based off this weekend, is just, one of the things I couldn't believe, like watching the game, was the criticism that Andy Reid gets. This is a guy, like, I, I, Bill Barnwell had an article on ESPN. Uh-huh. Uh, 15 questionable mm-hmm. moments from conference title games. Three of them were uh, were, were Andy Reid's specific decisions, even though he didn't say Andy Reid's decisions. And I'm just like, has Andy Reid not earned a level of respect, re, you know, reverence from people that he's just not talked about the way that you would talk about Chip Kelly in the NFL or Lovey Smith in the NFL? Because that's... There's a lot of criticism on on Andy. You know, by the way, he just went to his fifth straight AFC title game and now three Super Bowls in five years. Yeah. And I, I think Andy is one of the all-time great coaches. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, for whatever reason, maybe because he's older, mm-hmm. he doesn't get the love that some of the younger coaches get, but he's just consistent. Like, Mike Tomlin gets heat. Yep. I Guy, mean, guys, Harbaugh. Like, Harbaugh. Like, you, you are in this league for 15 years. And he's been in the league for like 23 mm-hmm. as a head coach, something like that, right? Yeah, 24 years. 24 years, and he's had like, what, 18 winning seasons? Yeah, he's had three losing seasons and 24 seasons as a head coach. Okay, 21. 
Yeah. yeah. And I good. think I think conference titles games, he's been to like seven or eight. That's insane. Actually, yeah. no, I think he's been more to more than that because he went to the Super Bowl a couple years in yep. Philadelphia. That's insane. And it and it it does it, went to one in Philly. Well, I went to the one Super Bowl, but he went yeah. to multiple, multiple uh, games. NFC yeah. title games. Yeah. But it does remind me that like sometimes the vacuum of concern for coaches, it, it just reaches a fever pitch and people kind of get wonky in terms of their expectations. Like there were people being like, oh, even the Kyle Shanahan criticism. And listen, I don't think Kyle is where Andy is. Andy has won, has been to a Super Bowl in two different towns. Mm-hmm. He has won a Super Bowl, and I think there's a decent chance he wins this year. If Andy Reid gets to two Super Bowl, should he not get the the Belichick kiss of of invincibility? <laughs> right, like there was a time, and I I don't think it was the second uh, the second round of of three Super Bowls. I think it was in the first round of Super Bowls. It was either the second or third Super Bowl. The second that Bill won that, it didn't matter. He was impervious to criticism. And I'm, I'm not talking about from, um, from like Robert Kraft because that's different. But like he was immune from criticism from fans, and it and it doesn't feel like. And I'm talking about you didn't have to be a fan of New England because every conversation. Well, should Bill Belichick have done that? It's Bill Belichick. He's got two rings. He's okay. I kind of feel like that's where we should be with Andy. Part of me wonders: is it because Andy's kind of a it's a little easier to poke fun at Andy. Is it because Andy's a little portly? Because well, Andy's portly? Yeah, no, nah, he fat. Um, Andy's By the way, I laugh every time I see that State Farm commercial. I, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I, gotta be and I laugh with you. every time. I think he's actually naturally funny. Oh, he is. Like, on top of, like, I think people make fun of him because of the way he looks. Yeah. And, you know, which is easy. He's a big bear. But, like, okay, he looks like a walrus. I also think you can make a case that he's one of the three best coaches of the last 30 years in the NFL. And it yeah. just, it just, I mean, I it's not that I think people bleep all over him. It's just it feels like whether it was the, like the clock management stuff. Yeah. And which uh, some of it's valid. But in the end, if you win at the rate that he's won in, in two different towns for 24 years, and now he could be on the precipice of – not just his third Super Bowl in Kansas City, but his second Super Bowl win in Kansas City. I don't care. Like, shouldn't there be, like, is, can you ever imagine a point? And this is actually, maybe this is a fun one to kind of spin to Cleveland. Can you ever imagine a point where any coach in Cleveland is just beyond that? Because I think it happens with one Super Bowl. Um, If, if, if somebody, if, if Stefanski won one Super Bowl, mm-hmm. He's he's the best coach in Cleveland Browns history, right? I mean, or, since or yeah. since Paul Brown, since Paul Brown. But I mean, I think one Super Bowl win gets you above Marty. Yeah, it, it obviously gets you above Bill, who yeah. didn't maybe win as much here, but obviously won in New England. Like beyond that, better than Forrest Gregg. Forrest had the one title in 1964. I can't wait for the Kevin Stefanski versus Forrest Gregg conversations <laughs> that we inevitably have uh, whenever that happens. Also, I forgot to talk. I forgot to talk about this. The Travis Kelsey lateral, that was actually the one thing I was willing to criticize Andy Reid for because I couldn't believe in the first quarter of a game where it's going to come down to who makes the most mistakes. Right. You were like, maybe we should throw like a, eh, maybe like a 15-yard flat pass to Travis Kelsey and then have him lateral it to a wide receiver 10 yards away. 
It was one of the craziest plays. Like, is that where NFL's going? Is the NFL- um, I mean, it's it's football's been there. I mean, it's just sometimes you don't see it as is prevalent, but yeah, I mean, you'll still still see some crazy stuff. Well, but like you never see that like in the first quarter of an AFC title game. Yeah, it's a very pretty big moment to kind of roll the dice. You see that like when you're down, like the Music City Miracle. <laughs> That's when you see that kind of play. Can you imagine? All right, I'm I'm gonna keep bringing it out of Cleveland. Can you imagine? The, is it the any worse vibe. than putting Zeke Elliott at center? I still I, that was a, that was a desperation play. It, it was I, that was still defensible. No, I didn't yeah. work out. No, it could have. Do you think was it a bluff? Was it a you're not going to bull rush Zeke Elliott? Oh, they bull rushed him. Well, no, they did. But like, do you think that McCarthy and, and Kellen Moore in their head were like, I, I think, oh, that, they won't do this. They're just going to drop everybody in coverage. I think that they were probably thinking that there's no chance they were going to rush Zeke. Yeah. And they did. And they did, yeah. And by they the way, him. hot take, I thought Zeke did a kind of okay job. He just got blown up by a guy that is used to playing that spot. Like, he got the snap off. Got the snap. Snap I, was – even Kelsey's like, the snap's better than my snap. It was a great snap. It's just the other part of playing center didn't go the way that it probably should have gone. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. Actually, this did bring me up, and I thought uh, Keith actually came up with a great question for this, which is – who are the most successful coaches that don't get enough credit? Because I think Andy Reid's there. I kind of think after the playoffs. Blanton Collier, by the way, in 60. Blanton Collier. Thank you. Forrest Craig was after Blanton yes. Collier. Did you look that up or did Twitter? No, I got you? a text about it. Okay. Was it Lima? No. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like something that, Lima it, would have it, on the ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that'd be funny. Uh, no, nah, never mind. I, I was going to go down to a different tri- tributary there. I would say other great coaches that don't get enough credit, I actually would say Mike Tomlin. Oh, yeah. He'd be the second guy that I would think of, of a guy who's just all he's done is one, and all anybody says, whether it's in Pittsburgh or out Dude, of Pittsburgh. I, th- don't you feel like, though, it's every coach outside of Belichick? If you just, like, if you've had some sort of success recently and all of a sudden, like, people's expectations go through the roof, mm-hmm. like a Sean McVay, yeah. for example, right? Like, he was the hottest thing. He went to the Super Bowl. Got a championship last year, and now it's like, oh, Sean McVay, who's this guy? <laughs> like, Brand Staley, hot thing, right? I mean, like... That's really good. Yeah, I like that. I think that. it's everybody. Yeah. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. 592 Who are the most successful coaches that don't get enough credit? Because I hear Stan for Andy Reid. Mostly because he kind of looks like me, and he likes cheeseburgers as well. Hot take. Okay. I'm ready for it. Got my mitts on. Why'd Jacoby Brissett not in the Pro Bowl? I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's 100% fair. What? Right? Like, if we went to backup quarterbacks, one, Jacoby had as well, good a Huntley season as— Huntley was a backup quarterback. Well, you know, that's what I meant. Like, And by the way, Huntley was bad. So there's such a conspiracy about—because, you know, players have a, a say in the vote now. Yeah. There's such a conspiracy, like, players are voting for themselves or— oh, there's, there's, there's financial incentive, right? Oh, yeah. So, or, or like they have deals with other guys like, right. hey, I'll vote for you if you also vote for me. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL in trying to make Pro Bowl voting better, which I, I mean, it really didn't even matter this year because the game, it's a flag football game. You can't really have an all-star game in football with, with professional players. It, I said yesterday, I feel like they're just trying to make, they're trying to appease everybody. You're making a lot of money on the event. Who cares? As long as the game was making money and as long as the game was um, was was highly rated, it doesn't matter if at, like your normal fans hate it. 
I would watch it every year. Like I, I'm actually kind of disappointed we don't have it because like this is the one weekend, um, obviously between the Super Bowl where we don't have a football game. Mm-hmm. I think that the Senior Bowls this weekend. You can watch that. I guess I do love me some Super Bowl. Or, so, senior sorry, Bowl. Senior yeah. Bowl. But um, and Super Bowl while we're at it. But uh, no, I mean it's it's uh, yeah. I mean I know I know it was like not really football, but it, it, I still watched it. I wish I, I I think if I remember correctly, and I could misremember this when they first started the Pro Bowl. I think it was like outside of the the confines of the actual season. So like you would you would have your normal slate of games, your playoffs, and then like four weeks later. Wasn't it after the Super Bowl? Yeah. And I think like distant after the Super Bowl, which makes more sense to me. Because it's like, all right, if it's four weeks after, four weeks after the Super Bowl, on the slate, the week of the Super Bowl, right. like after it, we're all jonesing for it by Friday. Because <laughs> we don't have that next bit of it. I would have tried to move it outside of the the rest because it just doesn't. If you pack it between the title games and the 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 Super Bowl, right? It it looks completely unimportant. I said yesterday, like put it in put it in uh, May, put it put it right after the NFL draft, right? Yeah, but you're not going to want to have guys be tackling at that time of year, probably. I mean, that, I, I, this is going to sound really insensitive, and I understand what. That's a that's a them problem. <laughs> but, well, or and and if you're going to do that, give real financial incentive to be in the game, right? Make it like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus. Make it a half million dollar bonus. And and really, I mean, you think about how much money they make off it, and like people watch the the, the Pro Bowl. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's going to watch the games. You mean you mean whatever they're the, you know, the, the, the dodgeball dodge tournament? Ball, yeah. I mean, so I said something in our pre-show that I. I actually do appreciate this because it it means I don't have to really pay attention this weekend. Like it's kind of a weekend to check out. Yeah, like I I have felt the pressure of, well, it's the the Pro Bowl game and if something funny happens, you don't want to be the person that kind of like didn't watch it and just kind of caught up on clips on it's social like you media. You watch the NBA All-Star game, right? I do and I hate it. Okay, we well, watch it. I mean, the Elam ending has at least made it interesting, but like it's the same thing with the All-Star game. I mean, and I actually think the All-Star game to this day is still the most fun game Mm -hmm. because you know the stakes are low, because it's baseball, and because they tell a lot of stories in it. Um, And honestly, I don't think there's a lot of dip in terms of (laughs) the competitiveness of that game for your regular game in July. Whereas like now, you're talking about the four best teams in the NFL, and you're going to go to, oh, it's a bunch of superstars, and then you go to the two best teams. I really think... I. But now I don't feel that pressure. Do you think they'll ever go back to a real a real game or no? That's tough because I don't think the players have any interest. Now that you've taken it away, it would have been easier to either move it, to to re-incentivize, you mm-hmm. know, to, to change the incentives around the game, change the meaning of the game. It would have been easier. But you, I'd, I feel like it's going to be impossible to go from, well, we had it, and now we didn't have it, and we're going to try and bring it back. Like – like if you're the I, NFL, I have, I have no idea. I mean, like most fans probably don't care. I'm just a little disappointed. I more care at how at how just farcical the voting has become. Like the players were the ones that used to bitch all the time and like endlessly. All oh, players are just rooting for their, or, or sorry, fans are just rooting for their favorite players. Right. It's unfair. And now, like. And it happens in the NBA, too, because the NBA has uh, player voting as well. Mm -hmm. And you'll see some of the the voting. It's not serious. They're not taking it seriously. And they're doing the – and by the way, 
the fans are probably voting more accurately to what like stats are and like value of players are right. than players are now where it's just like hey I'm going to vote for my buddy who plays uh yep. you know for the for the Giants but should we care I mean should if, we I, care? If, if I felt obligated to watch the game and now I feel free of an obligation well I always like to be free of an obligation that's true you're we, you're we Mr. Do. Free of the obligation uh, yeah. everybody says that about you I'm just kidding it's <laughs> a weird thing to say um but like, if if it's not a real game, if it has no bearing on anything, should we care that Tyler Huntley's in the Pro Bowl? No, I don't care. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like half joking about it because I just saw it on the screen and it's just funny. Mm-hmm. He's the first quarterback to ever make a Pro Bowl uh, since the merger in 1970 with two touchdown passes. Man. I kind of feel like back in the day, if like a like back a super, in my day, back in my back in the aughts, back in the seventies, like I, I'm surprised that didn't happen. But if it was like a, like a Joe Namath got hurt or Johnny mm. Unitas got hurt, and then they got to the Pro Bowl because they're a big name. Uh, you know, Twitter reactions here brought to you by Shivin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Uh, Boston Brown saying the first mistake the Pro Bowl made was uh, to make it before the the Super Bowl and then taking it out of Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, the players used to love to go to Hawaii. And who wouldn't? A free week in a Hawaii. A free week in Hawaii. And all you have to do is, you know, hit other people. Like, And you barely have to hit anybody, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. I will say, I, and it's so funny because, like, mostly the aesthetic doesn't do much for me. Like, ah, like I would say this about the, the European games. Oh, we've got the Rams in Dusseldorf. Yeah, we got to watch it. I'm like, Why? Why do I care that the Rams and Patriots are in Dusseldorf? Why do I care? You know, ah, uh, you're gonna watch the you know watch the Panthers in the uh, you know what's the Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks in uh, in Hanover this weekend? No, not really. Like that in is it in and of itself? That's not enough to drive me to watch. But yet when I think about the the Pro Bowl, I'm like, yeah. it should have stayed in Hawaii. <laughs> Because I do like the, but the, the I, I did hear though. I think that stadium, the stadium there is like under serious renovations because it's like not safe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they have a place to play. <laughs> you got you the NFL. You figure it out. You get, figure it out. Just build right. a, build a new stadium in Honolulu. I'm, you know what I'm just gonna tell you right now. If you made it'd be the everybody talks about the competitive advantage of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. If you made a a stadium, if you put an NFL team in Hawaii, I have no idea if it'd make enough money. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Players would love to go there. Yeah. What everybody says about, oh, I'm going to go play in New York. I'm going to go play. No, no, no. No. If if it can work for the suck hole that is Miami Beach, oh, my God. Can you imagine an NFL team? It's just easier to – it's it's almost easier to get to, to London, right, than Hawaii, though. I think so. Well, but a private jet. They don't fly like well, us commoners. It's a charter. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I it's want a long it. way. Hawaii rainbows. Give it to me. I and love, the London I Fog. To, huh? The London Fog. It's just a jacket brand. It's not even really a thing in London. Like, the fog is not a big issue. The L.A. Smog. I, I had a London Fog jacket growing up. Yeah, I think everybody did. Didn't you get it? Like, J.C. Penney's? Yeah. Or Macy's or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or, some, what, de, some department store. Um, What was the big one? Wards? What was the one in Akron that I completely forget about? And uh, and they know. every Higby's they finally knocked down the building like a decade ben ago. Ben Franklin? No, no, no. Although Dillard's people in Wadsworth remember Ben Franklin. Yeah. We know, I remember we know some what's Ben up. Franklin. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and there was something about like if you told a kid 
If you told like me in 1992, Woolworths, we're going, we're you know, we're gonna go to the pharmacy. I'd be like, oh my god, a bunch of old fart stuff. You tell me you're going to Ben Franklin, and I'm like, I'm in. Where are we going? They had a great toy section. They had a great toy section. Yeah. Really good. Oh, yeah. A lot of WWE toys back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They should put the Pro Bowl at a Ben Franklin <laughs> in Wadsworth. Uh, the other thing we wanted to get into, uh, 216-578-0092. Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl. Are you outraged by this? I just, I think I finally stopped caring about the Pro Bowl. I think the NFL finally did what they thought they could never do, which is they killed the Pro Bowl, and I'm free of caring about it. You also wanted to talk about, there's an athletic report out uh, that an NFC, or sorry, an NFL executive, I can't remember which conference, thinks Tom Brady's going to end up in San Francisco this you year. You called this like a, a week or two ago. Yeah, and, 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 and I've already moved off that that's well, who they should go for. And, and <laughs> with the Brock Purdy injury, I mean, this you saw today that Brock Purdy's got to get a second opinion mm-hmm. because he just wants to, I mean, it's a big... It's an elbow injury yeah. on his throwing arm. That could right? be curtains. Oh, it, his career could be over. Yep. And, like, at the you're very seventh least, round, you're a seventh round pick. Yep. And you have one opportunity like this. I mean, I feel so bad for that kid. Yeah. I, I really hate it. I, I was not one of the Purdy people like you who loved Brock Purdy yeah. from the moment he stepped. But, like, you can't you can't help but, like, root admire that kid. Yeah, I mean, the and, guy was Mr. The Irrelevant. And yep. then he, he gets hurt in the NFC Championship game. I think if San I think if San Francisco decides we're not ready to go back to Trey Lance, we saw enough in the three games or whatever, and we know we're not going to have Brock Purdy most of next year. I don't think it's Tom Brady they should chase. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Because one, I think Aaron Rodgers well, is the better Ro- quarterback. Rodgers is more talented, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. I think for that system and that team. And for like the leadership you need to have from the quarterback mm-hmm. position, I feel like Brady probably makes more sense. The leadership, the leadership stuff's fair, you know. That's real fair. I don't, I don't know that Rogers is is rubbing his teammates the 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 right way these days. Yeah, I also think like I just it's it's a one or two year move, right? Yeah. Like Rogers is probably going to go there, and if you win the Super Bowl year one, I'd be surprised if there was a year two. Or, or even if there was, it's like two years. If, if Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with three different teams, mm-hmm. has that ever been done? No, not as the starter. As a starting quarterback, yeah. okay. It, it would it would close the door on the goat conversation. I mean, it, the door's 100%. closed anyways because seven Super Bowls is so damn hard. But like, and, and by the way, he won two Super Bowls. Uh, sorry, won Super Bowls with two different uh, teams. Both those things are hard to overcome. Yeah. If, if he were to go to to San Francisco and get the 49ers over the hump. I mean, I don't even know. Like, it, I don't even know what anybody could do to Can't actually get back into it. Which is another reason why I think Aaron Rodgers, if because it sounds reports are that Green Bay actually wants to move on, not the other way around. I don't know that they would do this because Lafleur is a friend of Kyle Shanahan. If you put Aaron Rodgers on that team with a top five a defensive line, a top five offensive line, even if they lose McGlinchey, they're still going to be okay. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Kyle Shanahan. The only problem with that team, Nick, is is that the window I think is like two years. Yep. Before and, they have to go draft another, you know, fourth round tight end and try to hope that you hit. And I think that's why you do Rodgers. I I think there's a decent chance that Tom Brady and I think I like I, I don't think people are talking about the risk that Tom Brady is. Yeah. I think if Tom Brady is 
I think there's a chance that Tom Brady gets six games in the next year, and you realize this last year, all those missed throws were real, right? I mean, maybe he is just washed. I think with Aaron Rodgers, even if Aaron Rodgers is 65% of the quarterback he was the, the, the last time in the NFC title game two years ago, that's probably still better than Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> still, 65% of Aaron Rodgers might still be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And the thing about Rodgers, too, the problem with, with the Niners, Nick, is that they've had injury issues at quarterback. Yep. yep. Between Lance, between Garoppolo multiple times, now Brock Purdy, and and even Josh Johnson in this game, uh, I know he was, you know, pro- I, mean, I don't know if they're going to win the game with him, but at least he gives, gives you a chance. At least you're, he you're can throw a forward wi- pass. You're not playing Wildcat, right? Um, Tom Brady hasn't missed a game in like 13 years. So would you take Tom over Aaron? In, in that in, in that context. in that environment, I would. Okay. All right. Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. With with the Brock Purdy news that came down during yesterday's show, uh, in in the latest here that uh, a uh, NFL executive predicted Tom Brady would go to San Francisco. If you're Kyle Shanahan, would you would you? Because I think this actually is the most massive bet they've made since trading for Trey Lance. Would you rather? Uh, take a risk on Tom Brady or on Aaron Rodgers. Some uh, feedback on Twitter. Chris and Mark both saying Montgomery Ward. Yes. Montgomery Ward Montgomery was just Ward. a big-ass old building that stood out there over by Rex's erection in uh, in Akron. And it stood there until, like, I moved away. And I came back for the first time like, oh, I actually want to spend time here. This is so nice. It's not just vacant buildings. Uh, and then Jonathan, it was uh, Jonathan on Twitter saying it was Blanton Collier, and not Forrest Greggs. There you go, or Forrest Gregg, as he was more commonly known. There was no S in the last of his name. So don't forget the only Arthur Treachers. Oh, that's world. so good. Uh, <laughs> is, is there still one in Cuyahoga Falls? That's the only oh, one. That's the one. Oh, that's, that's the one. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah. my little sister worked at a Arthur's Treachers, and what's it was a chicken joint in Zanesville. And this kid every day would come home with a free box of Arthur Treachers and fried chicken. That's also the summer I put on 30 pounds. I don't think it was a coincidence. Just talking out loud here. Hush puppies and those those fries. You can't even say hush puppies. I lived in Charlotte for three years. I am a a hush puppy. I, I like my DNA is 35% hush puppy right now. I was thinking about this of like, if you would have said that, Deshaun Watson would have been suspended 11 games, right. and then he would have come back and been the reason the Browns uh, were not great in the back half of the season. That's why they missed the playoffs. I mean, I, I think we probably could have said, I believe you, but I don't know it would have been the number one excuse. So that is the conversation we're having, and we're going to play some Mark Ross sound here, and I, we're going to play it for the other reason we're going to talk about, but the the thing that he said yesterday when you were off, Dusty, yeah, that you know he put a lot of 2023 on Deshaun Watson, which I think is fair. But he said in 2022, Deshaun played six games and never got any better. And I want to be respectful of a guy who spent a long time in the NFL and who I really loved, and I thought he said a lot of really interesting stuff yesterday on the the show. I don't know how you watch the six games from Deshaun Watson, specifically the first two games, and and put it up against the last four games and say Deshaun never got better? I mean, I I think that there were moments mm-hmm. that he got better. I don't know that you can say definitively from game one to game six that he was 
you know, like if he had to play a game tomorrow, I don't, I still wouldn't feel good about it. Um, I don't know. I think if you look at, and I, I realize this is tricky because this can sound like um, being an apologist for Deshaun. I'm just trying to be realistic about him. I, I don't. I feel like everybody's either yep, those six games didn't matter, they don't count, and we expect uh, vintage Deshaun Watson week one. So it's basically those games didn't count, or those games are why he'll never be good again. I look at honestly, he should have had three touchdown passes against the Saints. One was dropped. Actually, a few of them were dropped. So I think statistically that game's misleading. I thought he was really good against the Commanders. And I think we saw vintage Deshaun or close to it in the first half against the Steelers. Like when we went to halftime, people were saying, not only can we win this game, but this is the best Deshaun has looked the entire time. So the last three games, and like some of the stuff is nuance. Like some of like some of his the things that I think he looked better are things like progression. And they still weren't great, but they weren't where it looked like he was taking five seconds to make a decision, like against Houston and Cincinnati. And so it's weird to me. I think Ken did a really, uh, Ken pointed out that this is going to be the thing. Like, no one will defend Deshaun this offseason. Like, no national people are going to defend Deshaun because every time you would defend the player, people think you're defending what he's accused of and what he was suspended for. And I think that's fair. On a national level, it's really hard to have a kind of nuanced conversation. But, like, I think a lot of people have actually not – I don't think too many people actually watch those games. I think, And I'm not talking about here in Cleveland. I'm talking about outside of Cleveland. I think a lot of people look at the box scores and they say, well, turnovers here, turnovers here, he wasn't good. I think that's, I think that's a gross misrepresentation yeah, but Nick, even in the last game, I mean, you're talking about progression, and not to, not to like call you out or whatever, but I felt like in that Do game, it. I'm not calling you out, but like I felt like in that game, he was seeing ghosts. He had sacked seven times. Well, but th- therein lies, like in the second half is when things fell apart for him. And in the second half, basically the Browns are playing from behind, and the Steelers knew, and this, and by the way, this doesn't happen just to Deshaun. Um, there have been games where Joe Burrow, like think back to that Cincinnati game. In that second half, that's when the Browns took that game from we're going to win this game to we're going to kick your ass. And that's where Miles got more sacks. And I think, if I remember, even Jordan Elliott might have gotten in on the action. Taven Bryan. Everybody got in on the action in the second half because that's what happens. When you're in the NFL and you're down by two scores or more in the second half, everybody knows you're going to have to pass the ball. And And so six-point game with 10 minutes to go in the game. They were still having to pass on every no, down. No, I get it, but I mean, it's it's still though. Like if it's a six point game, I mean, you're down three at halftime. Yep, but Kevin Stefanski looked back at how much. <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to turn this into bash Kevin Stefanski, but Kevin Stefanski decided we're going to win this by passing. He always feels like that. Well, yes, but in that case, like that's why there were seven he sacks threw in that 30 game. Thirty times in two degrees. What? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. But I, I, I do think like, I think if if you flip that around. And Deshaun was unplayable in the first half of the game. And in the second half, he had all those touchdowns and made all those plays. I think people's uh, opinion on Deshaun would be different. Because the last yeah, thing we saw. Though. That's the problem. I mean, well, it's, it's, But it's not the problem. Eight, six of the last eight quarters, he was actually really good. He was okay. Like compared to where it started. Like he well, looked, like compared to the Houston game. Well, sure. but I mean, compared to the Ravens game. Now, again, the fa- the weather wasn't as much of a factor there, 
But I so the greater point is not. By the way, I'm not here to rewrite what Deshaun played like this year. It still wasn't good enough for 2023. If that's if if you take those six no, games, no, God, and, I mean that's not that's not what you paid the guy for. Yes, but for but for anybody to say, oh, he didn't he didn't get better. Okay, was it just he didn't get better, or did he not play good enough? I think because I, I think those are more, two different I think conversations. It's more he just didn't play good enough. Okay, and and that's a fair conversation, by the way, and that's a fair if you want to use that as a basis to be cynical about the Browns in twenty twenty three, also fair. But the last three, three and a half games, even though it's a mixed bag, I still think gave you enough to say, all right, let's see what he has. Let's see what he can do over 17 games instead of week one. Because I think, I think when you say Deshaun didn't, didn't do anything over the, the – he didn't grow from week one to, to week six. And not only do I think there was growth, I think there was considerable growth. I think there was a lot of really good things in the final four games of the year, specifically that I'll even whittle off the Ravens game um, where there were still some like decision-making things. I think if you just, if he had only played those last three games and that's the way he'd played, I think we'd feel better. I think well, that's fair. I mean, he, he, he put together, like you said, six pride, decent quarters, decent, not great, fair, decent, not what we expected. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's, and again, we're going off the whole sample size here too. It's not just the six quarters; it's the whole, the whole experience, right? That is giving us, I think, hesitation, pause, if you will, going into next year. How do you think that? Because I, I, one of the things, and we'll get to it coming up, and we're actually going to play the Mark Ross sound at, at three. One of the things that I think he said that I do think is fair is I think people think twenty twenty three is all on Deshaun Watson. Meaning that Deshaun is going to have to be amazing, and if he isn't, the Browns don't have a chance. I think that's going to be the perception going into this offseason, which also makes me wonder, are people going to hype the Browns up at all this offseason? No. I would agree. I don't think the Browns are a very likable team mm-hmm. nationally, yep. and Deshaun didn't, didn't like, wasn't a world beater mm-hmm. at the, the, the final six games. So I think that they're going to be a team that – people are going to probably pick to be middle of the road. So I agree with you, but w- when you say you don't think they're very likable nationally, why do you say that? Oh, but it's because it's because Jimmy Haslam went out and got Deshaun Watson. Okay, yeah, I agree. Because I think, I, I think most people think that nationally people feel the way we do, do out Miles. No, Miles, I mean, there, there are some criticisms of Miles outside of Cleveland, um, not our kind of criticisms, not what we – complain about I mean even some other guys who've been disappointing even Jadavian Clowney like Jadavian Clowney did what he did just blasted the Cleveland Browns it barely made a ripple of a fart uh going into that final week of the season now if he had done that week eight maybe it's different you know he did in the final week of the season but like yeah I I think and it's it's not just media members I don't think anybody I don't think owners want this to work out I don't think other GMs want to help the Cleveland Browns. I think it is so easy to look at the Browns and completely just bleep all over them. Yeah. And I think you're going to see that play out in the, in the entirety of the offseason with people, oh, the Browns are going to win five games. Browns are going to win seven games. Yeah, I think people will pick more along the the 500. I don't think people are going to pick them to win five games. Ooh, I, you might be right. I think I think it'll be somewhere between the seven and nine. I just realized that I lured you into doing a prediction about predictions. Oh, yeah. That's where we are.